From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching, but you never did for whatever reason? Well, that's what they are. And this podcast is all about embracing them and checking those films off our lists and talking about them and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter at LalondeJeremy, or check out my website, JeremyLalonde.com, for more information on me and my projects. If you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review it, and leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. It really does make a difference in helping to get more ears tuning in. And if you like this show, check out the others on the ThatShelf.com family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 116, and today I'm joined by filmmaker Justin McConnell, whose most recent film, Life Changer, won a shitload of awards, and you can now find on VOD, iTunes, all the things, as well as actor, producer, writer Jessica Greco, whose most recent film, Jessica Jessica, a short film, is around on the internet. Please check it out. It's fantastic, and hopefully becoming a, uh, a web series or series soon. And last but not least... Mike McFadden, whose most recent credits include one of my favorite new shows, Jan. And we're going to sit down and watch a film together. So we're sitting down to watch Possession. I'm Jeremy. I have not seen this film. I'm Jessica. I've never even heard of this film. So I'm, I'm, I, I kind of had heard of it. I'm Mike. I've not seen this film, and I hadn't heard of it either. I'm Justin. Uh, this film has haunted me for most of my life, <laughs> oh, no. but I have not seen it. Uh, I told Jess a little... it, was romant- it was a romantic comedy. <laughs> okay. Oh, really? Okay. Um, I thought it was just about like a codependent relationship. So I'm not going gonna... <laughs> really? to say yeah. I'm not going to give much away except it's grown into a cult hit. Uh, I've owned it on VHS for 15 years in the US cut, but I've never seen it. Uh, and I'm glad because this is the longer version. So I... How long is it? Was two hours. Three days. Two hours? Okay. <laughs> no, no, well, sometimes. Yeah. No, but if I was going to watch it, I wanted to watch it in the highest quality possible, so I imported an overseas Region B Blu-ray, and then because I have a region-free player, and that didn't work because it had the wrong audio encoding, so I had to rip it and reauthor the whole disc with the proper audio encoding so we can actually watch this in Blu-ray quality. That's who we're sitting down with, folks. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, he made his own version of the movie. <laughs> From scrap pieces. Yeah, exactly. It's a sweeted version. After this, position. we're watching the original edit of the Battleship Potemkin. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. I'll get my notebook. Um... All I, though, I, think, I, th- I know I've heard of this movie and that it exists. I know that it's like... Uh, oh, I'm Justin, by the way. I don't oh, sorry. No Justin McConnell, everyone. <laughs> yeah. uh, I know that it's like in the horror genre. And, uh, and I, I was with Norm Willner last night. And I mentioned <laughs> we were watching this. And he was like, oh, that'll be fun. Good luck. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck does oh, that no. mean? What is this movie? So Norm yeah. senses love and also regrets, but not regrets. Ooh. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. Guys, should we get high? <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't, that answer is very different for everyone, depending yeah, yeah. on your, how you okay. react to being high and watching scary stuff. Um. I don't think Rufus should. No, no. I think Rufus, Rufus being the podcast dog. Yeah, I think last time, mm-hmm. uh, Mike was here for a horror, horror film with Rufus, he, uh, had a bark at a very opportune moment. <laughs> Are you still haunted by it? I am. And I'm a bit of a chicken. But I keep watching horror movies. I'm actually in a bit of a like personal horror movie film festival that I'm going on right oh. now. My wife is doing theater and... Uh, it, so I have like my evenings free to watch movies that she would never want to get near. Right. And so I've been like going through like The Witch and... Uh, Heredity, yeah, Hereditary. and I'm like most of the way through the haunting of Hill House. So totally, yeah, I yeah. think you're and probably in the same wheelhouse with this right. movie. Okay, but so I don't. But I'm such a big chicken, but I keep yeah. watching it. I think because I'm like I'm a comedy writer, so to unwind, I want to see the furthest from comedy possible. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm very similar. Where it's like yeah. I don't watch nearly as many comedies as people probably expect because, yeah, I think it's the same thing. It's like that's not I want to. I, you want your influences from other places. That's your nine to five. Yeah, like, yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, I've been on a Canon Films kick the past few weeks. So, like, really over the top eighties and nineties action movies made by the, the insane brothers who well, they weren't brothers, but business partners. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It, that's what I've been watching the past couple of weeks. Is like 
old Chuck Norris movies and ninja movies and stuff for oh my God, God knows what reason. Because <laughs> <Nice>. they're fun. <laughs> right now, I've been going through Bergman because I picked up the Bergman box oh, nice. set. Yeah, so been... you're, you're the other... Uh, oh, you're dealing with uh, Jawalski right now, so... Yeah, you're, the existential crisis. Yeah, of... But I've also been found because I always... I, I got into Bergman just out of film school because I was following like... You know the the Woody Allen train of who influenced him and, and and those kind of things and got the Bergman and I think you know I watched a bunch then but I don't think I was quite ready for them I think I found like they were a bit homeworky but now there was a couple that I really liked but I've, I'm shocked by how much now I'm really into them and there's some that are like my new favorite things and just mm-hmm. like he's always in especially when you think of like the era he was making films in they're very like the human stuff he's really exploring is like fuck they no one in America is dealing with this kind of subject matter mm-hmm. at this point in time, mostly because of the Hayes production code. But right. it's uh, fascinating. Well, there's anyway. a timelessness, too, to a, a film that like that, or it's like we're about to watch now, apparently. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What are you watching, Jess? Uh, I've just been binge-watching a lot of television on, like, Netflix and what have But like you. what? Uh, right now I'm into Shameless. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Are you like just like halfway through, or are you? No, just... no, no. I'm catching up on this season that was just added, which I believe is oh, okay. the eighth season. Yeah, because I think they're in, they're airing season nine right now. Is that the the British or the U.S. one? The U.S. one. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen the newest season that started airing yet, but well, I love that show. And like yesterday, I watched a, a documentary on flat earthers. Oh, I watched that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Behind nice. the curve is it called? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or beneath the curve, it's behind the curve, isn't it? I don't remember. It's and one of the two. The day before that, I watched The Wife because Oscars. Right. I still haven't seen The Wife. Yeah. So, it's pretty sporadic over here. But yeah. I do love horror, and I think I love it for the same reason. I think because I do sketch comedy, I like to go, the, like, medical drama where everyone dies, or... Uh, I, well, I, I think, like, horror and comedy, like, exercise a lot of the same muscles in you. Mm-hmm. You know? They're about reactions. And they're about, like, audience participation. Well, yeah. Oh, you guys, you guys have never watched a horror film with Jess. Well, it's, it's somewhat... <laughs> You're in for... Payoff, for sure. Yeah. But, but yeah. and also that thing of, like, being a step ahead of the audience so you can give them that moment of surprise. Because often what's funny is that moment of of disconnect and surprise right. that makes you your nervous system go, ah! Yeah. And it's, it's a similar thing to try and do that with fear as opposed to... With, I don't know, like an incredible mm-hmm. pun. Yeah. I guess depending on the horror, right? Because some yeah. is about atmosphere and actually just absorbing yourself into a feeling of tension mm-hmm. without actually paying off that tension in any way. Yeah, and yeah. It really just depends on what kind of film you're watching. I just uh, realized I'm, I'm, that I've been I'm lying Justin's setting us up. Wait, you have seen this movie? It's no, your favorite movie? No, no. <laughs> I realized that what I, what I omitted is like the shame thing that I've been watching. Which, oh. which is my favorite thing to watch always, and I try and watch it every day because it's sort of constantly in reruns. Okay. There are the two Simpsons? shows. No. Oh, one, is called, one is called Ghost Adventures, and one is called Dead Files, and they're both like <laughs> real-life haunting exploration shows. Like the Zach Baggins stuff? Yes! Okay. Sorry. I got a little too excited. <laughs> Please step away. I just blew out the mic. I got, I'm, yes, it's my favorite show. Ghost Adventure sounds like that's like the French name for Ghostbusters, <laughs> the translation, yeah, or something. And what was the other one? Uh, Dead Files. It's ba- Ghost Adventures is my favorite. It's basically just like some guys from Huntington Beach who have like a bunch of equipment and like right. barbed wire tattoos who go yeah. to haunted. We're gonna places. get some ghosts. Yeah, and they always find ghosts and they always what? find proof. What? But my favorite thing is how scared they get. Every single time. They're terrified. They're terrified and changed every time. That's endearing as opposed to them going in all cocky. I love it so much. I love it so much. Because you connect with them on a humanity level. Because I'd be scared too. <laughs> oh yeah, I would be scared, and I don't believe in actual ghosts at all. But I, I would believe still be in like things you need to being watch ghost adventures. Shit, <laughs> I've been in, I've been in like there was I can't remember if I told the story before on the podcast, but there's this old um, uh, historical building um, house called Ruthven in uh, just outside of Cayuga, where I'm from, mm-hmm. and uh, it's, a, it's an estate. It was like of course it was owned by like some kind of bad slave owner, terrible human being. It's supposed to the good slave owner. Because the good, they, there are some good slave owners. We just haven't found them yet. I don't think Their we, stories have not been told. I don't think we need to differentiate. You're going to want to note the timestamp. Yeah, I, I think that's like <laughs> I, I instantly apologize. No, but sorry. But, but it wasn't like the deep south American slave owners. But it was just he wasn't cool. Wasn't cool guy. Anyway, but uh, so 
But the one thing of note in this family is the uh, the one son was an actor and was the voice of Howdy Doody. Oh. Uh, but he was also like he committed suicide. He did some. He was dark as well. In this house, um, it's this big giant manor house, and the second floor. They it's it, you can also walk through. It's kind of a museum, right? And we they would every Halloween they would do it was like a ghost walk, and so people would perform scenes in the different rooms and okay. I would always do that in high school it was fun I'd be and so you'd be able to walk through the house and see a part of a scene here and, it's, and as you walk through it kind of pieced together the story right right and it was always mostly just, it was always pretty much on the main floor but this second floor you could go on and you could like when you were just walking through the house as a tour and in the second floor the one bedroom so one time they're like hey can you go up and grab this thing from here and there's one bedroom and the attic for sure. Every time I went into them, I just instantly felt you're not allowed in here. Yeah. And I would just like, I would suddenly get like shivers. I'm getting it right now. But I would suddenly feel something on my spine and terrified and just this sense of, I don't want you in here. Get the fuck out of this room. And that. And, and that was the bad version where I've seen, I've had like good versions of ghost experiences with like my kids at, at the farm. I've noticed them like looking at things. As if something's following, like they're following something around the room when they're babies. Mm -hmm. Early in the morning, like at 6 a.m., you from just like watching something, like laughing at something, <laughs> as it looked like it was walking around above them. I was like, this is, whatever it is, it's friendly, so I'm going to let it be. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I believe in negative energies. I don't know what to define Don't know where it is or how to define yeah. it, but I just when knew. I definitely have had experiences. And that's just it. get deep into it. But. And I don't know how to explain <laughs> it. I don't know if it yeah. means it's ghost or what it is, but I know in that house... That is like the second time someone sent me out to the room, I was like, I can't go in that room. Mm. And I said that. I was like, she, and then the woman just looked at me and she says, I understand. <laughs> do you want to go? She's like, not, she says, not everyone can go in that room. And I was like, oh, what the fuck did Ooh. I do? Yeah, what did yeah, I do yeah, in a yeah, past yeah. life? Yeah, really. That's connected to this. Maybe so. it senses your purity or something and you go in there. Like, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> let's go with that. Yeah. yeah that exactly. was the reason. You are consecrated ground. But, uh, <laughs> but no, I've had weird experiences. I used to have, I had like. Our house, and I, we, I always just equated it to like, you know, old house and yeah. cupboard doors opening, but we used to sometimes we'd go down in the, in the morning and the cupboard doors would be open in the kitchen. And I distinctly remember a cereal bowl moving one time. Like, I was sitting there and I just thought, oh, the table's like on an angle. And this I just, is the farm? No, this is that, like, my house I grew up in. How old's that house? But that house is also like a century home. It was like a hundred year old house. Right. So I just, I don't know, I just, but it was also, those things were also never, never felt negative and never felt scary. I just felt like, oh, that terrible move. That must happen all the time. And I remember I told my dad that once and he was just like, huh. And then like years <laughs> later, he mentioned how it's like, yeah, he's like, I always make sure I close the cupboard doors at night because in the morning, usually one or they're ajar or, or open. And I was like, well, that's just because things swell and houses swell, right? He's like, well... Probably not, though. These are, these these, these cupboard <laughs> doors have like little latches and clicks, like they click into place. And he's like, "Oh, I never thought of that." Okay. <laughs> anyway, we sold that house. You got a super fucking lazy pulled. And then so many people have been murdered in there since, but we were oh, yeah. fine. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I'm kidding. Nobody's been murdered in that house. It's actually for sale now. Oh yeah. Really? Yeah. Your, your real last name is DeFeo, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so those are my haunted house stories. Is this? A, I don't want to know. I'm also going to ask if this is a haunted house type of possession. That would make sense by the title. Well, I know it's demonic in nature. I know it's about, about, about it, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say I, shit. Someone... Oh, this movie, I thought you'd seen it. No, I said I haven't seen the film. Oh, you haven't None seen, of us it. Have seen That's it. That's why I'm on oh. your podcast right now. We're why would I bring a film rules. that I haven't? That's seen. not breaking the rules. I thought no. one of us had to have seen it. No, no, no. no. The rule is at least someone had can't have seen it. I thought it was the whole podcast. It's great when everyone. There's a reason I haven't. I haven't seen this film yet. I will. Oh, oh, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought this was your first time seeing it at this specific no, resolution. Me too. No, no, no. I've owned it oh. on VHS. I never brought myself to watch it. So this is a pure virgin episode. Yeah, yeah, oh, amazing, exactly. yeah. Has no, this yeah. never happened before? No, it's oh, happened no, it's, before. It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the rule is at least on one person can't have seen it. Okay. Mm -hmm. But if everyone hasn't seen it, I haven't seen it. that's I missed fantastic. it on the big screen in Toronto when it played the Royal like three months ago or something like that. And yeah, I've been waiting I'm for it. scared. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, because the way you said this film has haunted me for... Oh, as in I've wanted to see it. I've heard about it. I've read, uh, read about it in Fangoria and Room Org. Everybody's like, oh, possession, possession, possession. And I just haven't brought myself to watch it. We haven't started the film, yeah. and I've already hit Mike three times. Like, I'm just realizing yeah. that I'm <laughs> you said you had to pee. Stop hitting Mike. I do, I'm it, so Lots of couch now. around for you to hit. You can hit me. All right. I don't recommend hitting the dog. No, I won't hit the dog. You hit me. I'll hit Mike before I hit the dog. <laughs> 
Please, no, no please, offense. please tell me the dog's not gonna make a make a make a noise. It's gonna scare me right now. I can't promise you that. I'm he also me. scared the shit out of Lauren Lee Smith while we were watching A Quiet Place. <laughs> oh, that was a good podcast. Listen to that. One. Oh, thanks. Just you know, plug a back episode. <laughs> Check I out love the voice. Right. Up. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I love compliments. It's great. Uh, <laughs> I do compliment sandwiches. Oh, look at those junior. I'm mints. into the junior mints. It's happening. All right. Uh, so we're gonna watch a movie, yeah. and we're gonna be right back. Okay. Let's all go to the lobby. You can't sing it. It's illegal when you sing it. Oh. <laughs> Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right. Well, we're done. <laughs> yes, we are. Uh, <laughs> Mike, Mike, <laughs> Mike left for a while. We had to talk when he coming back. Uh, Jessica. I was right. I was so right. I was so right. So I kind of want Justin to start off since he's the one that's been uh, avoiding this movie for many years. Uh, well, avoiding's the wrong word. I just <laughs> didn't bring myself to watch it. Um, Why? But you'd heard about, about I've, it before I've heard, I've today. Heard, well, I, so what I, had you heard? I heard it was a really fucked up relationship horror. Um, I'd heard that it is a hard watch. And I and um, that and that Sam Neill was in it, and that's pretty much it. Um, All those and I've seen true. and I've seen a clip of the subway freakout. Uh, obviously, we're going into spoilers on this, but yeah, you I've can seen a, say whatever. I've you seen want. a clip of the subway freakout, and then there was a music video that came out two years ago that's like a, a homage to that subway freakout plus Phantasm. So there's like a revival of the film because of that. I don't remember what the music video is though. I'm sure if you search Phantasm Possession Freakout music video, you'd fucking find something. There you go, internet. (laughs) But uh, that's what I heard. Um, I would say this is a weird one to do a podcast for because it's one of those movies in my mind that you don't finish watching then immediately discuss. You let it sit for a couple days. A couple years. A little little while. Maybe do a little research. Uh, Too late, fucker. (laughs) You picked this. I know. I picked it. Um, Just because there's, I think there's a few different interpretations you can go with in the film and I think we might have come away with different interpretations so I'm curious. There's an interpretation? (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. I feel like we got punked. I feel like the three of us, Mike, Jeremy, got punked and you punked us pretty much. (laughs) That's what I feel like happened. You You punked your Yourself a little bit. A little bit. Uh, yeah. I feel like oh, no, the director I, punked the world. Oh, <laughs> see, I, I, I was absolutely riveted the whole time, and uh, I found it to be incredibly interesting and well shot, and not many wasted moments. And it, I don't know how else to put that. <laughs> like, like, no, I, no, I was totally into the film, front to back. Like, yeah, yeah, soup to nuts, and uh, and it really did get to nuts. Like, <laughs> it's fucking insane. I mean, I have an interpretation of what was going on, uh, and then there's a literal version and then a metaphorical one, and that's kind of what I was going through in my mind, but uh, I don't I know if you want me to... I about it. Okay, so in a literal interpretation of things, um, she's talking about how she's got two sisters inside her, and one of them is uh, is her faith, and one of them is chance. chance. And her, how, when she had that, um, uh, what she called a... Uh, um, miscarriage. Miscarriage in the subway t- tunnel. That was her getting rid of her faith. So what I think the literal interpretation is, is that the Antichrist breaking into this world took possession of her through whatever darkness was already inside her and her unsurety about the relationship, uh, pushed the faith out of her body and then started puppeteering her. So she, sometimes she's herself, sometimes she's being puppeteered. And as she kills and as she gets further and further away from the faith and more into the chance, which is the evil side of things, the Antichrist is able to take more and more form and takes the form of her husband uh, because that's the one tenuous link she had to whatever sanity she had left. So the very end is the Antichrist is in full form, full power. He doesn't even get hit by the bullets, you know, uh, and then it's it's the Cold War right then. It's the like 1980s early Berlin on the West Berlin side. Mm. So all that explosion is basically the Cold War turning into a hot war and, uh, you know, nukes are starting to fall. So... My thought is it's sort of like it's the Antichrist smashing himself into our world, basically, instead of being born or like the devil himself, like some strong demon that has like like the very, very end. You know, he hands the gun to the girl. He's like, just shoot those people. And and right there, it's it's almost like Sam Neill plays Damien in The Omen 3. It's almost like, <laughs> to me, it's almost like he's reviving. Like it's the same role, almost. Right. Like that's the literal interpretation uh, the metaphorical interpretation, because when um, 
I don't again. I this is so fresh that I I'm, I might be totally way off. But when she, she's got that apartment to herself and the creatures there, uh, one thing I was noticing is that um, when certain characters were in the room, basically, uh, like they saw hit when she was there. But when she wasn't there, there's no gore on the floor. There's no guck. The sheets yeah. are completely clean. Um, mm. uh, so it's entirely possible that the entire thing is just a metaphor for for their entire relationship falling apart. But I, I, I tend to point toward the more literal thing. That thing has been inside her body and just falls out of it. You know, you know like well, the only time this it's the sheets are clean is when Sam Neil goes in. No, there's a couple like the first. Um, no, because other times everyone goes in there and they're all freaked out, and she either tries to kill them or kills them. Yeah, Sam Neil's the only one where he shows up and it's clean. Right, because she cleaned the apartment, and she but she makes reference to the fact that she's she got to keep it clean. Yeah, that's what I have something thinking is every time someone came over there, it's like you can't smell it from as soon as you open mm. the door. Yeah. There's no way there's not a smell just pungent radiating all the way through. <laughs> I like how the the fridge full of body parts. There's like one thing of barbecue sauce. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, 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 what, and, and this monster that puts bananas in a fridge. Yeah, what idiot? Those things should be brown as fuck. Yeah, what. <laughs> what was then the relevant symbolism metaphor of the teacher who looks exactly like her but with green eyes? My thought is, well, I had a few thoughts on that one too, but it, I mean, the, the one that I, I think was, was she, she's like, she looks just enough like his wife that he's turned her in this idealized version of like the replacement while he's, while she's away, he's sort of like projected whatever desire he had for a normal relationship onto her. And it's almost like he's taking all the shit that he wanted his wife to be and feeding that into her. And that's why she looks like his wife, because in his mind, he is like that. She is basically like a replacement or a proxy for that thing he's missing. Right. But again, that's one interpretation of potentially many. Sure. Um, it's hard to say. Uh, like, which... Well, the, well, the Damien version, like the Damien version, yeah. the, the second, the the monster mm-hmm. version of Sam Neill has different colored eyes than Sam Neill. And so does she. Exactly. She's got the green eyes. Exactly. Right? So it's possible that she's the Faith. Ah. When she, when, he, when she says she miscarried, the Faith lived and became her. It's It's... <laughs> It's definitely one of those ones that it's a it's a, it's, it's called a thinker. <laughs> you got, well, yeah. yeah, I mean it is, or it isn't. No, I mean yeah. If you want to, I think, yeah. or you just walk away from. You the could just watch it as an experience, right? I'm sure they're like, yeah, what, yeah. What did you think it was? I don't know. I don't. That's why I'm curious. Like that, that, that all makes sense to me. But it's the kind of thing like I know. Like the first time I watched Mulholland Drive, yeah. I was so riveted. And went home the next morning, woke up and like pulled out cue cards mm-hmm. and started like dissecting it and came up with like very elaborate theories. But yeah. with this one, well, I just sit here watching going, my brain is just turned to fucking mush watching this thing. <laughs> and I don't know. So all that stuff that you pulled out of it, congratulations for, yeah. for following along enough that... I mean, as much as I, I could hope to, I, I, it'll probably take another watch and some reading because this movie has been re- probably written about endlessly at this point. I bet if I went online, there's probably tons of essays oh i'm sure like this is what i think it is maybe nobody's right maybe the director but that's no fun really, to talk that's, yeah. that's the beauty of this yeah, content yeah, this exactly. podcast like that's no fun we can go and like regurgitate what mm, some yeah, yeah. film comment said about it in 1990 yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. especially i i would say this is the perfect movie for a podcast like this mm-hmm. because you're forced to like try to make sense of what is you know probably the director, you know, dealing with some really heavy stuff, but in a way that's not in any, it's, you know, is arguably ridiculously pretentious uh, on one side. Yeah, I mean, um, you could go there for sure. You could well, I just, I mean, for me, it, yeah. it's like I watch this and it's like the performances are all fucking terrible. You know, Sam Neill has never given a worse performance in his life. I, 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 I challenge you to find a single moment other than the little kid. A few times, I challenge you to go through there and find a single moment of believable human behavior, because everything is. When so Sam Neill cr- grabs his crotch when his underwear rode up, <laughs> there you go. Okay, those two. 
But like the every all the performances are so dialed up so far like, from the top. No one is ever but like that's it. If every performance in a film is like that, don't you look at that as intentional? Oh, like, absolutely. It's, it's, oh no, oh, there's, sure, no, sure. So there's no so over the top. So. But that doesn't mean it's not <laughs> bad. It's incredibly alienating it's in terms of yeah. trying to. Uh, bad is a is a, I think bad's the incorrect word. I think that yes, it's a style. You can assess it as bad. You can say it's a bad performance. But I think if everybody is on that same wavelength and the whole cat, like everything is pushing toward this is the style of performance. This is where I want you to go. Just pull whatever raw is out of you. Sure, it's yeah. not necessarily bad. It's trying something new. It's unique. It doesn't maybe doesn't play well in every scene, but um, there are moments in that that are kind of transcendent too. I think like. That's one interpretation. Okay. No, I mean, bad's not fair. It it is definitely a very specific choice because, you know, I think we all know Sam Neill is not a bad actor. No. You know, so it's just like, I watched this and it's like, you absolutely trusted this director to go in this direction with the performance. Uh, I just sat there watching it. I, it felt like a student film to me. And like, like when you say that it was shot beautifully, that blows my mind because it just felt like, he was just doing things arbitrarily in a lot of the stuff, like just a lot of those moving shots at the beginning. Uh, and part of it, if we were watching it on, like there was some kind of lag to this. What, what, just at the very beginning, I noticed that. Whatever the tree. Yeah, then it was it, a bit jittery. It, either my brain like fixed it or it got better. But just like stuff like that whole thing where we're just circling around, it just it just felt like. There was no rhyme or reason to the way he was shooting a lot of the scenes. Yeah, whereas I really and he was just trying the to show takes. off. Yeah, I like the long takes. I like the scenes being lived in. I like the distance he put between the performer and the camera, uh, and just how he let them play in the space. And it, it's it worked for me. That yeah, part yeah, yeah. of it worked for me. Um, and when I say well shot, it, there's some really inventive camera stuff in there. Oh and, sure, like it's. Uh, I noticed a motif later in the film. It was running through the whole film, but he kept going into walls and, or underneath. Like there's this constant idea that the camera almost wants to leave the film constantly and it just cuts hard cuts just like the audience yeah well again (laughs) your assessment but um but it always hard but every time it does that it always hard cuts to a like a stationary still shot yeah and and there's just something about that like oh you want to leave bam you're right back in it it it, it had that sort of feel to me and i like that quite a bit it was very unique it hit a pitch of mania really Mm -hmm. early on Mm -hmm. which made it hard to watch that's what I mean like I wouldn't have gotten if I was by myself I don't know if I would have gotten past that restaurant scene well because of that I think the thing that we're interpreting to be bad acting is that nobody was listening to each other like there was a lot of just it almost seemed like they were doing their lines to actors that weren't there in coverage because there was no sort of listening and answering to what they were doing. They were compl- they were sort of autonomously playing these scenes out at a pitch that was so hard to maintain throughout the course of the movie. Well, as, and as a couple, though, they're not really listening to each other anyway. So they're talking over each other all the time. And I don't but every character, different. every character is doing yeah. that for everyone. And that's what I mean about when I... I, I my. Bad, I mean, the bad act is also, you know, the dialogue they have to try to say is... Yeah, it sounds like it's that's been where the sent back and forth in, through, like, different... Translators. Like, yeah, different translators. Well, there was a credit I noticed on the top. It was, like, dialogue translator or something or additional dialogue something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just felt like yeah. something got... Oh, it just, you know, pretentious is not fair. Well, this is his only English film, too. Oh, really? Like, yeah. Uh, he's a Polish yeah. filmmaker. His couple... I think one of his early films was banned in Poland. He left Poland and started making films in France and Germany, I believe. And this is the only one he shot in English. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. yeah but it's just the dialogue. It's just so the dialogue feels so labored. Yeah. And so like trying to be poetic, but it's so nonsensical in some of it too, for me anyway. I mean, on the one hand, I feel like it's impossible and, and completely unfair to try and use my usual, Analytical like brain. Anal- analysis or yeah. my or even my taste because it's obviously got a completely different agenda than than what I watch a movie for or what I generally appreciate from movies and I don't see movies like that I don't see art films which I which I think this is yeah yeah I, I just I just don't I don't I don't have uh, um, an ability to appreciate I think 
that kind of a film. And so on the one hand, what's really cool is to see a completely different kind of film that's breaking all of my expectations. Yep. But then at the same time, I can't help but go, like, I feel like like it's almost like in my head I'm imagining, like, you know, actors are getting hurt every scene because every scene is about going like cranking it up to 11, making a really big mess, you know, and like people getting hurt, people, you know, actors are getting hurt and locations are getting ruined and, you know, equipment's getting broken. And you, and I'm imagining the director is basically Heinrich, where every time you go, why is she exactly the same as her? Who, who don't even ask? Like there isn't a reason just it's cause it's fucked up. Let's just go for it. Like it just seems so, like yeah. I f- imagine a process as chaotic and freewheeling as the product, which is, uh, you know, which is a which is a hard thing to appreciate. There's a life Honestly. and electricity to that, though. In my like, to me anyway. I mean, maybe it's just because I watch. I've seen lots of films like like this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, no. There's there's a life there. There's like something beyond just uh, I've scripted a film and I've shot a film and I've told this story. Yeah. It's like now, what can we do to rip ourselves? outside of that and make it something unique yeah, yeah. something even experiment i mean definitely experiment i'm down with experimental films you yeah. know was, you know for me it was just i had a hard time staying in the film ever because i just felt like so many things could have been pulling me out you know just every like like, like he was some kind of secret agent well no he it's or west berlin in the early 80s so he would have just been uh yeah he's an agent of some kind yeah. yeah, but, but like, it's like probably I just, just a surveillance tech or something like that. Well, like, he'd been away. Yeah, so he was in, probably in East Berlin. Of some kind. He was probably mm-hmm. in East Berlin then, and he came back over. Right. Either way, I just like there's just like there's so just the way there's that scene when like there's that weird scene where he's in a hotel room and he's been there for three weeks. Yeah, yep. and he lost time. He lost time, and it's like that didn't seem to. You've make... never been in a breakup that bad. <laughs> I actually thought oh, was like, he's a junkie he's coming down off of well no there's he's, whatever. he absolutely has DTs uh, on the bed when he's shaking that's that's probably from like a binge drinking for a week and a half and coming down off that right that's that or heroin but it looks like alcohol DTs okay he's falling off the bed and shit yeah yeah um, yeah. yeah and then I'm like oh, okay and that's why the play but then it's like he's no cleaner when he's sober either <laughs> no. like those like Child Protective Services should have been all over that oh situation. Like, I actually thought there was a fair bit of like making sure someone was, other than at the very beginning, mm-hmm. there was a fair bit of making sure there was someone to watch Bob. Yeah, I mean, generally, but, they always bring in the, I forget her name, with the cast. <laughs> the teacher. Like, no, Margie. not the teacher. Oh, uh, Margie. Or the, yeah, Margie. The friend of... Yeah, because well, Margie's a safe, responsible person to leave the kid with. <laughs> oh, man. Margie, who can't stand up straight. Yeah. <laughs> when she's supported by... Uh, anyway. Yeah. But, I mean, the kid, you know, he knows how to find jam. Yeah, so that's true. There's well, that. a whole lot of jam. Oh All I yeah. could think was like, well, the only person that's going to walk out of this film with a decent life after is the kid, and then he drowns himself in the bathtub, so... Yeah. Maybe not. Well, it's either that or he faces the Antichrist. Well, as an actor, he was holding his breath. No, he was. Tra- remember, he's been training in the bathtub to hold his oh, breath. Oh yeah, totally. Oh, the whole right. time yeah. he was training to yeah. hold his breath. Oh right, 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 right. Yeah. He's just playing dead. He's not really dead. I mean, World War Three will kill him. Yeah, he like didn't that. Yeah. Maybe yeah, likely World War Three is going to. I kill feel him. like that actress was a contemporary dancer. She probably well, guaranteed. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Movement. Yeah, because yeah. uh, well, also just her performance. And she played one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. don't want to. A mean wanna, one, a mean ballet lady. Did you see the Suspiria remake? Between this no. and that, you don't want to trust dance teachers in West Berlin in the yeah, yeah. 80s. Well, was the girl at the end the same girl that she was torturing in her class? I think so. It looked, yeah. well, looked like the same oh. actress, no. but. No. No? I didn't. It looked that, like the same actress, but maybe. I, that little I girl it. in her class was much younger. Yeah, I, well, it depends on. Yeah, it I probably certainly wasn't. didn't think so at the time, but. No, I no, probably no, just saw, She had a similar look, but I. I mean, she had built like a brick shit house because she supported Sam Neill stepping on her. Yeah. At the yeah, end, she also right? had like one pant leg on and one shoe. There was a lot happening that I <laughs> there's saw. A lot. Again, like why, why did she he have needed one to shoe? climb her? I don't know. It didn't. Well, there there's was, a skylight that, to the roof. There was also it. a door. Yeah, that yeah. she was standing and he could have gone out of. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for experimental films. Like, like I mentioned, like I find when I watch, you know, some something like David Lynch's films, which mm. I think you could say are, are cut from a similar cloth to this. At least I find. Somehow in there, the performances work for me in a way that they didn't work for me here. Like here, it just felt like, yes, they were all being pushed to go to some heightened emotion. But even within that, they weren't 
like matching that even like it was just felt like it was actors being pushed as much as I don't want to say the guy didn't have any like a, a vision because he clearly has a vision but it just feels more like they were just thrown to do whatever within as long as it felt big and it just felt like give me more I, I just imagine the, the director screaming to do more or give him more or feel more yeah. or whatever it was where I feel like Someone like David Lynch, I, I walk away feeling there's a very specific thing he was going for. Where this one, I don't, I don't necessarily get that sense. Uh, where it just feels like, again, it's like, I kept on being pulled out of it. Where with Lynch, I lean in, and with this one, I just went, like, "Ooh, what?" You know, I, 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 I lean into the back of the seat as opposed to inch towards the edge of it. This is the only way I can articulate mm-hmm. the difference between like certain experimental films, which I really dig. And one like this where it's just like, I get that you're trying to do something, um, but I think, and, I was, and I'm trying to appreciate it because I always try, I, I, you know, I want to go in loving every movie I watch. Mm-hmm. But I also just, like, my brain just kept on turning off, going, trying to make sense of it um, and missing the breadcrumbs that you picked up. Because the way you explained it to me, yeah. I'm like, fuck, I would love to have watched that movie. Yeah, like it never, <laughs> that, the, yeah. The, the Antichrist mm-hmm. interpretation that you, you pitched earlier. Or at least the devil, make, something like that. that. I, like, I think that, may, that makes perfect sense. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's a really good interpretation of, of what was going on. Yeah. But I wasn't getting that as I was going. Yeah. And the thing is, like, one of the things that I'm always going to every movie that I watch... Uh, expecting and loving is is story, and so a movie like this that is, you know, the the storytelling is working on a really loose level compared to the sort of templates that I have in my head. It's hard to, you know, there's certain like there's a certain amount of clarity like that I kind of need to to get what I'm Some looking for crumbs. from a film, and the, something like this where on the with you know the the sort of looseness of the narrative. And the the size of the performances. I mean, it kind of feels like Showgirls beats the room. Like, uh, oh, oh no, like, no, no, it's oh, like, sir, I, I fully I, disagree with that. There were some yeah. there were some moments in this film that are on par with the acting in the room, a hundred percent. And so it just it starts to things start to feel very arbitrary, like arbitrarily big, arbitrarily you know uh, yeah. emotional, arbitrarily vague, and uh, again. I'm perfectly willing to admit that that's not a fair like way to to, to judge sure. it or assess it. I'm Don't get me wrong. I really movie. am glad that I watched this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but there but. are moments when, like, especially like Heinrich, it's like him and Tommy were so. They're. Uh, I'm sure those guys would get along. <laughs> I mean, I loved. To be honest, with you halfway through, right before Heinrich is murdered, I started laughing because I was like. This is, I gotta use some of this. Like, this way, the way this man is moving through a room is magical. Oh, he was amazing. Like, I don't know what he's doing. He's like throwing himself against every wall with just the back of his head and like rolling or like all that. That's another thing I was thinking about too. You go, like, you know, when he moves down the hallway and he's like bouncing off the walls, like you're talking about? Yeah. It's almost, she almost completely mimics that in the subway. Like, it's it's the same type of movement, bouncing around. Yeah. And when they go to talk to Heinrich's mom just before she kills herself, she talks about how um, Heinrich had a, a, another... He, she has to love the women that Heinrich loves. My th- And they're also... Um, the, Heinrich at one point talks about... Uh, he uh, Where's Heinrich's soul? Heinrich's soul isn't with Heinrich's body. Yeah. Right? I don't know if this is true, but... Just, oh, everything's valid. It's, just hear me out for a second. What if Heinrich was the carrier of the Antichrist initially and had jumped to her? So his soul is whatever was was with him the whole time, and then it jumped to her. Well, that makes sense in the sense that it's like, you know, typically in a movie like this, some kind of sin has to be, mm-hmm. has to occur for like the, a possession to take place. And the and so sin being sin infidelity. Is a, yeah, if it's adultery, mm-hmm. then that makes sense. But also when he, Heinrich sees the forming, the demon, the monster, whatever, he goes blind for like, I don't know, a minute. He can't, he can't see anything until mm-hmm. he see, looks into the fridge and then he can see the, the head. So he, is, and he, is he seeing a reflection of what he used to be or what used to be? Like the, the thing that he's regressed, yeah. essentially. But also, he's the only one that she doesn't kill. Uh, yeah. Uh, wait, what? Well, Sam Neill kills 
Oh yeah, Samuel kills. Her. Yeah, she, she doesn't kill him. He gets she out. She tries of the, to. Yeah. She stabs no, him. Well, she lets him she go. She stabs him, but she lets him go. But she lets him go. Like, yeah. She does not put up a, like a fight. The way mm. I mean, we don't really necessarily see. We just see the beginnings of everything else. Yeah. But you know, Heinrich gets away when nobody else does. Well, and but again, she's if she's being puppeteered by this thing, and and those words are not her words; they're this thing's words. Uh, it, it would stand to reason that if Heinrich was the former carrier. It was sort of like you bite him and then let him go, kind of thing. Like live, live on to torture yourself, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, I don't know. I don't know if that's. I guess I like. I really like that interpretation. I just go. I my my brain, although logic, you know, is for not in this film in, in in many cases. But it's. I go. Well, wouldn't Heinrich have a bit more familiarity with this thing? Not if when it it's jumps a different away, form? it takes a different form. Either either a different form, but also like blocks out your memories. Well, and he says something like, "This must be a joke." Yeah, yeah. I like. There's something interesting in there that I. Sure. <laughs> it, it makes no less sense than anything yeah. else that, yeah. that you could be. We get no information, right? We get no information about this monster. We get no information about their marriage other than it's not working. We get no information about his secret jobs. We get, like, no background information throughout the course of the entire film. Yeah, it drops you into the middle of it. Which but even, like... It doesn't but, fill in the blanks. But even, like, the thing is, like, the thing that kind of annoys me and goes, okay, you're being clever, but you're also going, fuck you to the viewer... Is, is that moment at the very end the when... The pink socks? The pink socks. Yeah. Because it's like, that's the guy he was... Tar- so he was trying to find the whole time. Like, and it was, was the, the guy that was in the, the room. Yeah. So it's just like, well, now what? No, no, no that, was, that wasn't the informant. That was the guy he was, he was monitoring. Was yeah. The guy in the pink yeah. socks. So he's telling that to the guy in the room. So it's just like one of those things where I'm like, you are just doing whatever you want to do now. Just to have fun with us. Right. Like book bookending something without any real... Well, it's one of those, I, I look at it and I'm like, oh, the audience is going, oh, the pink socks. But then I sit back and I think about it for more than five seconds and go, wait a fucking minute. <laughs> anyway, that's we, just. We did get monster sex, which I feel very validated by. Mm-hmm. Because halfway through the movie, she was talking about having the best sex of her life with the creature. And mm. we were all kind of going, really, we have to sit and watch this whole movie and not you see You don't let that thing sex? fuck you unless it's amazing, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like pictures where it didn't happen. Like, we wanted to see it, and I didn't yeah. think they were going to give it to us, but yeah, they did. Got it. That's another reason this movie haunted me. Uh, there been a couple of reviews of my movie, Life Changer, and there's a thing at the end of it. They're like, well, that's like Possession. And I'm like, what's well, like Possession? Yeah. You talking so, about? And now I've seen Possession. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of like Possession. Well, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will say I I, I love your movie. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and your movie makes sense to me in a way. This movie, I'm, I'm sure really if I watch it, super interpretive with mine. No, no, but it's also. But your movie yeah. also doesn't like what I really liked. And this is a movie called Life Changer, which uh, did, plug it, Justin, real quick. Plug it. It's out on VOD now across North, North America. Comes out in the UK March 11th, and Blu-ray and DVD across North America March 12th. And it's been playing at a shit ton of festivals, won a mm-hmm. shit ton of awards. It's a great movie. Yep. But what what happened? This one's better, though. I'm sorry. I'm just I, go ahead. Oh, you're you're sort of changing your film. Yeah, uh, you're you're allowed to say that because you're being humble and kind. But uh, but what I liked about your film was that uh, if I'm comparing it to something mm-hmm. like this, uh, and part of it is like like Mike is like I I prefer more like a story that I can kind of track and follow and. and and as something that's a little less experimental, although I'm not against experimental films, there's lots that I love. But what I loved about yours is that it has some of the similarities to this, and that it doesn't just give you everything. It doesn't feed you all this information. You've got a, you know, it's a mystery box, and you've got to pay attention and start putting the pieces together. But I feel like you at least give me the breadcrumbs to get to somewhere. Where this one's just more like, here's a bunch of puzzle pieces. Have fun. <laughs> right. I've always liked the puzzle. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the way I yeah. put it. But it's, yeah. it's, I think it's just different schools of thought in terms mm-hmm. of film where I believe that it's like part of it, I and, and, and this is the way I approach filmmaking and, and storytelling, is as I, I believe it's part of my job is to at least have the pieces so that you don't have to work that hard. Um, but there are movies that I do walk away from. Where, I, I think it's the kind of thing where I'm like, I think a movie like this is successful if it works on the surface level and then if you want to go do a deep dive and, and, and put more connections together, it works on a deeper level and that's great. Where I think 
again, that's where I think that David Lynch works for me. Where I find with this one, it doesn't even give you that that surface level where you can go walk away going, oh, this is what was going on. So you talk about Lynch a lot. Have you seen Eraserhead? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that's not... No, yeah. but it is. But uh, but there are lots of breadcrumbs through that, too, and there is interpretation of what that means. But it yeah. might take you four watches and ten years of reflection to figure out the movie. Sure. So mm. would you put this in a category where it's closer to Eraserhead than, say, Mulholland Drive yes. or Blue Velvet, even, which yeah, is yeah. very straightforward? Like, yeah, hundred okay. percent. Yeah, 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 and that's yeah. And again, it's like that was also his first film that it took him four years to make, right? First feature, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so here's a question, gentlemen: the scene where Sam Neill's character beats the shit out of his wife. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, it doesn't make you like him. That's for well, sure. but what is the point to it? That's the thing I didn't really understand. Like he he beats her for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and plays the doting husband afterwards, and we kind of just walk past it. And I'm trying to figure out if it was just um, part of the era, if you will. Like, sort of a forgivable, like... Well, she's, it's not. It's she's not a hysterical woman. I have to smack her It's around. not forgivable, though. Nobody, none of these characters are forgivable. They're okay. all pretty ugly characters. And if you think of Sam Neill as, like, the protagonist, that's fine. But thinking of us as, as, like, the hero is not. So it's sort of like he does a lot of really reprehensible shit throughout the movie. And beating her is, is is like one of the worst things he does, but it gets even worse as it sort of goes on. I would not look at that scene and go, you know, sh- why is he doing this? And do, can I understand this? It's more like this is where he's gone in his mind and like it's it's a dark place he's gone that sort of... He probably regrets, but he went there, and there is truth to that. People beat each other in relationships. It like it happens. Yeah. The abuse is real. Did, so one of them of, makes a reference to "I'll do it again." Are we supposed to believe that this time we're watching him slap her around in the movie is not the first time he's done that? It's possible. I mean, I'm, right. it's possible. We I mean, this know. was after the self cutting, right? No, so, no. Well, this was before the self cutting. No, this is yeah. This is yeah, before, yeah. Oh, and, right. and it's before the real sort of possession mm. of him begins, and it's him. Fuck! Running. I forgot about that whole. Yeah, yeah. Her taking a, thing. A, an electric yeah, carving it's... knife to her neck, and then he takes it to his arm, and then he takes it to his arm, and then he's noticing that he doesn't feel anything. Yep. But she beats the shit out of her, and it was like this weird sort of moment of. Um, I couldn't figure out if the director was trying to make a statement. I'm using rabbit ears with my fingers, right. folks. Um, or if it was like to sort of show Sam Neill at the end of his rope and sort of um, turning into a terrible person to keep his wife. Or if it was like just, you know, Germany in the 70s. Like I, it just sort of went, it just felt gratuitous. Yeah. I mean, the whole movie feels gratuitous, but it felt pre- specifically gratuitous, and I didn't understand why it was there. I don't think it was to titillate or thrill or anything like no. that. It was, it, I think it, I mean, it was probably too much. It was way over the top, and also when the film was made, like, it, this would have been more commonplace, a scene like this, then. Yeah, I think, I think, I think, like, yeah, it's like 1981. Yeah. I took it as, like, way too much, and I, I you know, but... I felt that it was it, like yeah. it looked like it was a bit of a like we're showing a dysfunctional relationship and yeah. like and she hit him first or whatever like I felt like there and then it gets and moves on from there in a way that I think you know looking at a similarly messed up relationship now would would have a different take on like that's cr- that's well, crossing the a different of that, kind of line. If, if you're telling a story now, the fallout of that scene would be significant, much more significant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, the beating I, would be almost the point. It's like, but yeah, like but a, to your point, it was like the first one. I'm like, okay, yeah. well, I can justify that as like he's trying to snap her out of whatever she's yeah. in, or she hit him first, or whatever. But then it was like the way, like the, it was the pauses between each one, mm-hmm. where it's like he's clearly in his right mind and knowing what he's doing. It's, uh, this isn't like yeah. an act of passion like, where it's like, oh, I, no. fuck, I can't believe I did that. I'm so sorry. No. It's like, I'm going to, oh. He's not in his right mind. Though. No, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And he won't let her leave the apartment. Yeah. And then he becomes the one who's like, I'm going to take the child. It's fine. You've obviously lost your mind. It's like, mm-hmm. you just beat the shit out of her and wouldn't let her leave because she's leaving. You. Well, he's got big time control issues and like, He's clearly got patri- uh, like patriarchy kind of bullshit yeah, going on. Yeah, neither of them should like, be taking care of Yeah, no, they're, it's yeah. almost like an arms race of who could be worse. Except she's got the excuse that she's possessed by something. And right. he's but just he is, a fucking douchebag. Well, no, but... I, I mean, not... I would argue they're both possessed. 
Like, while yeah. he's cutting his arm and having no feeling, there's something going on with him. Well, that seemed more PTSD-y to me. Oh, like, from wherever yeah. he came mm-hmm. from, there was a certain amount of debriefing that was going on. He was keeping an eye on the wall. He was doing the time thing. Yeah, he is constantly looking at the guards across the He way. didn't yeah. want to go back to work. He didn't want to be involved. Mm-hmm. He's stepping away. Like, he obviously had... He's been away from his wife and child long enough that she's been having a relationship for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. Like... It seemed sort of PTSD-like to me. But again, we have no back information, so I don't know. See, I thought it was all relationship. Ah. Like, maybe relationship PTSD stuff. And I did interpret it, instead of going through, like, the the, demonic possession route, I thought it was all about the relationship and this toxic relationship and, and her side of the, 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 the toxicity manifested itself as this, you know, tentacle monster in the room. Like I, I, I that was as close as I could get to sort of figuring well, it's it out. It's possible you could look at it that way too. <laughs> you could look at it that it's just the whole thing as a metaphor, but there's lots of scenes where other characters see it. And then are they, those characters actually real or not? Or like you, you oh know, yeah. You and a whole I, rabbit I, hole to go down. I did believe that in that world, it was physically manifested and yeah. was really there, but I mm-hmm. thought it was more about, you know, where she was at. Well, I think in terms of just like the way, like the, you know, the super heightened acting, all that kind of stuff. I think you could just walk away from this and say that yeah, the whole thing is a giant metaphor for bad relationships. And well, I mean, yeah, the basis level, absolutely. Yeah, it is. It, and then it's like it, if you don't get it under control, you create a monster, a monster yeah. that becomes the antichrist that just destroys everything there around. Mm-hmm. It is interesting though because in all the possession movies that I have seen. Um, the thrust of the film is the exorcism. Yeah, nobody calls the priest at once. At, in this at movie. no point well, are they we talk about No one even goes to a doctor. No, yeah. it calls the police. Like at no point is it about. <laughs> not only do they not call the police, they cut their like, arms and then just get band aids from the bathroom. Or they threaten a cabbie to drive into cop cars yeah, and they exactly. explode. <laughs> and the cabbie's like, sure. Yeah. Well, I guess okay. he doesn't have a gun, dude. Oh, I love yeah, that. But there's no yeah. professionals in this movie until the very end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, when they run into a cop car <laughs> for reasons. Because, because fuck the police. To get shot, because he got shot. That's the other thing. He got shot three times in the back, yeah, and kept and kept going, kept running. Well, oh, I love that shot where they have the long tracking shot where he's on a motorcycle and he's screaming just to stay yes. awake. It's it's fucking yeah. beautiful. <laughs> that shot was great. Oh, anyway, God. <laughs> you're shaking your head like no. It killed three stun <laughs> guys. It was amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, that's I. I just thought he was. Under, I didn't. T- I, uh, my interpretation wasn't that he was screaming to stay awake. My interpretation was that he is just lost his mind and he is driving fast as he can to try to kill himself. No, nah, I didn't get that. <laughs> He's trying to get to her, right? That's or get to his son anyway. I mean, at that yeah. point, nothing was, it was just like, I wasn't really following a train track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling, like it feels a little bit like, like someone used a puzzle, puzzle metaphor, like yeah, you yeah. have all the yeah. pe- puzzle pieces or the breadcrumbs. I think for me, it felt a little bit like when you're looking at a really vague horoscope where you're like, oh my God, that's so me. And then you just ignore the parts that don't make sense to like how you want to <laughs> interpret it. But and then, but the stuff that you, that you like, you, you get and you apply it however you want, but someone else with a completely different life could read the exact same thing and ha- get completely different things out of it and yeah. it be the same and sort of... And that's the beauty of it. I almost feel like... I'll take my metaphor one step further. I feel like someone took three different puzzles that are all the same color space right. and mixed them together and went, here, make a puzzle. <laughs> here. So I was like, uh, some of these pieces are never going to go together. It's like, Yeah. Well, some of them will. <laughs> some of them that's will. fascinating. Though. And what's wrong with forcing them? Why do we have to play by the usual puzzle rules? It's well, that's fair. the point. That's, 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 that's a very good yeah. point. And you're also Why? given like a scalpel so you can change the shapes. But a standard film is like your 500-piece puzzle, right? And this, what you've just described, is... When I buy a puzzle, Justin, I want to be able to put it together. Well, here's the thing, though. But I, but here's to, to really break all the metaphors. Like, I like the, there's an artist who does this stuff where he'll get puzzles of the same, um, that are cut on the same die. So it'll be a, a, a like a, you know, a picture of kittens mm-hmm. and oh, a picture and of a forest. Mix all the puzzles and together. And you mix them. So because yeah. this, there's the same, this, the, the pieces are the same shape, you can do interesting things where it's like there's a kitten. Like with there's a, a kid, there's, a, there's a little kid with a kitten head, 
or something like really creepy. But it's still like it still kind of makes sense. It's together. not just like a full on like uh, like X or um, Picasso. Uh, it's not a Picasso. You can still yeah. you make a thing with it. It's like and when you I go think, to the science center, like there's the animal head. You can switch the middle. Yeah, so. or yeah, you know, and and I like when I appreciate like a a movie that is doing something sort of avant-garde or is pushing boundaries, it's usually going, okay, we're going to take one element of filmmaking and push that to like 11 and just go crazy with it. So it's like, it's still telling the story, but maybe the dialogue is like wacky or it's being, or it's just taking like the visual side of things and going crazy with it. And I feel like that is a little more, I can kind of process that where I can go, Oh, okay, cool. Like, I feel like there's some, there's some solid surface for me to walk on. And then this whole other area here is a bit of quicksand in an interesting way, but I don't feel completely unmoored. Whereas this was all quicksand. Yeah. And, and, and all puzzle pieces that he put in a blender. Blender. And, yeah. I mean, for me, it's just like to that point, I think that's where I come. I, that's kind of my school of feeling too. When it comes to movies like this, where it's like, I need something to ground me in some kind of reality. And I didn't outside of it taking place in, in the real world, presumably, in a very specific time period, I, I wasn't grounded in anything because nothing felt real. And that's where I walk away going, well, none of it feels real, so I'm not sure what I'm supposed to say. Bob anyway. felt real. Who? Bob. The kid. The did kid. he? Yeah, he did. I, I like Bob. Yeah. He had some he good did. moments. The only thing that didn't feel real about him was his name. I don't believe that those people would have named that kid Bob. That's true. The name did bother me. Every time I said Bob, it was I thought they were like, talking about someone else. Yeah. No, Bob was Bob. the kid. Yeah. yeah. But oh, right. I would get confused. I would forget who Bob was. But I think, again, that was like maybe Bob was a more common name for a, a kid in 1981. I but I think you'd call him Bobby. Or, or Robert. Robert. Yeah, it was the fact that they referred him as Bob was such yeah. a, a weird... Yeah, I did also felt weird with the name Bob. Although... For reasons that I didn't... He is a character who likes to float in the bathtub all the time. <laughs> he bobs. How long was that? <laughs> this is, That's amazing. This is the observation of the evening, folks. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing Spot about this. No. How long was he by himself when he had that jam? Uh, it looked like a couple days. days. Yeah. Oh, day? I thought yeah. it was like... My daughter would be that messy in an hour. But well, given that... I, mean, I figured it was like six hours, which is still way too long. There was a major level of neglect going on with yeah. that kid. Yes. Well, that, I mean, because I think because it was early on in the movie, that was my first interpretation too, was that it was like a day or two. But then knowing just the state they leave that house in normally, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, that could have been like t- five minutes. But is that normally, though? That that messy right. fucking house. That well, all we takes place after. But again, that, yeah. but we yeah. are given no context mm-hmm. to go, oh, this is like before the possession and right. this is life after. Like, we're dropped right in the middle going, again, here's all the puzzle pieces with no, with no, like, box art. Speaking <laughs> of puzzle pieces, so the creature has, like, a, a pied de terre that is just sort of run down. Sam Neill blows it up and then finds her, I don't know how, having sex with the creature in another gorgeous pied de terre, this time, like, it's well-furnished. How is the monster renting these places? Um, Monsters have might have income. an explanation for that. It's inside her, right? It, it's in her body at all times. So it pops out and goes... Like she says that it's inside... They're, they're having that fight and she's like, I have to go. And he says, because it, it's with you right now. And she says, yes. And then he closes the, ba- the bathroom door and he's got Bob with him. So uh, it travels around inside her pretty much all the fucking time. So when they move to this new place, it may be the whatever suggestion power this de- 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 demon has that he's able to use at the end. So she's, she's able gives, to use through her. So she gives birth to it, and fucks then, it, yeah. and then it crawls back right inside back up her. inside. That's most relationships. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about being a woman. Talk about getting the short end of the stick. You said it, sister. You know? it, yeah. It's the only um, way that the... What's her name, lady, with the... With Mar- the cat, Margie? Margie. It's the only way she would have been killed, anyways. The monster is with her, and the, the, she. There's even a line where she, she says something like, um, "She wanted to take it away from me, and I, it, I wouldn't let it, or it wouldn't let it, or something." There's a, a line. Oh, I had I had troubles understanding some of the dialogue. Well, that is also another with issue. Yeah. Is that it, the heavy well, accents on everybody and the screaming, yeah. so much screaming. Yeah. Yeah. That said, I think the that dialogue. like, although I wasn't a fan of the performances at all. I would say, like, you know, Sam Neill. Uh, I don't know the the lead actress's name. Uh, Isabella Jana and uh, or, or and Heinrich. Johnny. 
all of them, yeah. I could easily imagine being amazing in, like, other stuff. I, like, they seem like talented people. They're all very... Well, Sam Neill, obviously. Uh, was did, Sam Neill Sam Neill yet when this was, came out? Well, what do you mean, was he Sam Neill yet? Like, he was always it, Sam Neill. Yeah. Was, oh, really? Yeah. No, I mean... <laughs> but, like... <laughs> he was Sammy Hagar, and then he became Sam Neill. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he like, wasn't big was at he, that point. He, he was in w- stuff, but... He, he was... Wasn't. But was he unknown? Like, it, No, I wouldn't call him unknown, he was big in the Polish independent art yeah. film scene in the late 70s. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not 100% sure what he would have been in ahead of this, but I, I know that like he's the one super English actor in the movie. Yeah. yeah. For 10 seconds, I, I thought that Heinrich was Christoph Waltz. <laughs> and then I realized he wasn't. Yeah. And I was like, huh. I, I, I actually really liked uh, Isabella Ajani, or Adagi, I can't pronounce the name, um, in Luc Besson's Subway. Did anybody see that? One of Luc Besson's early, it's her, him and, or her and uh, Christopher Lambert. Uh, oh. It's pretty fun. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. It's a movie. Jean Renault plays a drummer. It's... <laughs> nice. <laughs> I don't know. Nice. Anyway, regardless... Um, that well, subway freakout didn't fucking do anything for anybody. No, I thought it was like it was like a it was like a really fucked up Sia video right there. Yeah, so it just it just felt like it just it all kind of like blended in together for me at one point where I just kept on like my brain. You like checked out early, so like. I didn't necessarily check out, but I will say like by about the halfway part, my brain was just going into some kind of weird coma. <laughs> where this and this happens to me, and I find in movies now where they, they put me to sleep not because I'm tired. Because my brain is just trying to process and can't, and I just like it literally knocks me out for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happens in action movies now too. Like I go into a weird like brain fart seizure thing. I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. but movies put me to sleep when my brain can't process them. And I and I come back out, and then all of a sudden she's fucking a creature, and I'm like, oh, I missed the leader. <laughs> what did I miss? <laughs> it's like, oh. So so there's also that like I did black out during parts of the movie. Oh, okay. Because my brain went into uh, whatever it does when it's looking for a happy place. (laughs) Yeah. So there's also that. But I love the mixture we had of people talking about this because I love that we had you who, like, this is the kind of thing that's right up their alley. Yeah, I like a few movies like this. No, but that's great. Because I'm going to see a weekend full of them coming up because WTF is this weekend. Uh, Peter Kaplowski, you know, the guy who programs Midnight Madness? Yeah. Well, he's got a a second festival called WTF, and it's basically films that don't fit any boxes, and that's what he programs all weekend. There's going to be some interesting shit playing, that's for sure. Bless you. (laughs) But there's not, I mean, there's an audience for everything, and that's just it. It's like, you know. Well, this this has a massive call. Oh, sure, I'm sure it does. But it's. I think it takes a certain kind of mentality, and I don't mean that, like, it, not everybody is going to like it. Oh, The no. same way as, like, almost everything I've made is like, okay, I've divided the audience again. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah. I'm the same. Yeah. You know, it's just, I think the movie should do that. Movies should not mm-hmm. be, for, it's, it's rare that movies can be or should be for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they are usually pandering when they do that. So I just think, I think... I, I'm, that's if I was to like do a deep dive into this movie, it would just be to try to get, like, see where the cult comes. from. Oh, there's from. tons of bonus features on the Blu-ray. Yeah, oh, yeah, I bet. So there's lots, of, lots of discussion. Yeah, <laughs> but, so because I'm curious about that more than anything, mm-hmm. but uh, it's definitely not one where I'm like, I'm gonna revisit that and try to figure it out. I'm like, nope. I, uh, I'm good with the one watch. <laughs> I'm probably going to go back to it at some point. Bless you though, but, uh, but you should. But this is the, the, again, this is the kind of thing that's like totally up your alley. And yeah. you walked away with a pretty great interpretation after the first time. I need more time to think about it, but yeah. <laughs> so final thoughts on everyone else. I really liked the scene where she was begging the crucifixion but couldn't speak. Mm. Yep. It's shot from above uh, and she's begging the statue of Jesus. Uh, I just, I don't know. I love that scene. For, but it's a, it's a just because I was I, so much of it. Every time it would pull me out because it didn't work, I would think about logistically how hard it was for her to do or them mm-hmm. to do or like just sort of the justification that you'd have to come up with to make it work as an actor. So good yeah. on them. Oh, you've just got to let yourself go as an actor for a movie like this. Like that's that's the one thing I appreciate. Was like they're just. No, they're on a tightrope without a fucking... There's no net. <laughs> yeah. There's no net. Yeah. And bless them for yeah. trying. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Let's bless the possessed. Mike? <laughs> uh, I, I have a lot of respect for like just how like 
bold and crazy this movie was. It's not my thing, but uh, there is totally stuff that I that I got out of it. And I, I think that, you know, if the actors hadn't just really gone for it and obviously like completely trusted their director, I don't think it would be half the film. Like if they were trying, if they're holding back or if they were trying to make it mm-hmm. quote unquote better in certain ways, I think it, 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 it wouldn't have worked. There's something about the full commitment that oh, they yeah. brought to what they were doing where it's like, if you're like, it's going to be a wacky, messed up, disturbing, like pile of, tentacles and garbage <laughs> as a film like you know what i mean and it's and i, and I think it, it has to be and i think that total commitment from the performances was was very admirable yeah i feel bad i i i didn't mean to like dump all over this film <laughs> no, no, we were talking about it but it's just i found like i uh because i don't hate it again like my i appreciate kind of what it's doing and what it's and and clearly this is something that connects with people and so that's that's what fascinates me is always wanting to know about that. I'm like, so what? Like, what is it about this? And so that's that's where I'll I'll, I'll continue to to look into this film for sure. People love monster movies. Oh, for sure. They love and they love movies, movies that are kind of that are over the top yeah. and that are like fall into the you know what the fuck bracket. Yeah. That being said, I don't think I could recommend this to a lot of monster movie fans. I think I feel like no? I feel like I know the specific type of person I'd recommend this to, and it's not your standard like there's a critter or gremlin or tro- like tra- graboid. No, this is almost too art film. For it's that, way right? too art. Like, well, I just from firsthand responses to my stuff, like the the true like the people who love the hostile and saw movies and stuff hate my fucking movie, and you know it it's it it's too much of an art film. For for that kind of crowd, yeah. But um, but for the but there's still lots of genre fans that would absolutely eat this up with a fuck. And I know that because I've been recommended it endlessly. That like you know it takes a certain type, but uh, uh, but I highly recommend it to that certain type of person. Great, right. yeah. All right. Well, if you also are a lover of possession and you're listening to this uh, and you haven't seen Justin's Life Changer movie, give her a shot. It's great. And uh, if you're a lover of possession, um, don't go too hard on Jeremy in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> you have at me. <laughs> I, I can take it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming over. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thanks. Thank Wild. you. Let's all go to the. Thanks for joining us for Possession. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other episodes of our show and other That Shelf podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things that let others know you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter, at LonJeremy, and go to Facebook and join the group Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.